So good. Great. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Why don't you grab your seats? So good to be uh, meeting here in the room in Chesterfield. And also, you're watching online. We want to give you a huge welcome. Whether you're here for the first time in Chesterfield in the room or watching online, why don't we welcome everybody who's joining us for the first time. So good. We've got uh, services this morning in all of our campuses, apart from Derby. Derby go back in a few weeks' time. And we've got preachers uh, preaching uh, in all those campuses as well. And you get the privilege of hearing me here in Chesterfield and also you guys on w- watching online. Uh, yeah, as Nathan said, my name's Gavin. I'm one of the pastors here at Icon Church. And I just love that we get together. So good to be back in the room together, just meeting together again, which is so, so good. The title of my message today is this, Look Up. Look up. It's something that I'm often saying to my wife when we're out running, mostly walking these days, to be honest. But I'm saying to her, Jane, look up just before she walks into that post or lamppost or wherever, because she's always looking down at her feet. She's never looking forward. I have to tell her about that. And uh, I want us to think about that this morning perspective. You know, perspective changes everything. You don't know what looks reasonable from one viewpoint might look crazy from another point of view. And any parent will know that (laughs) with your kids. I knew this as a kid growing up myself. You know, those small things can appear huge in your life as a child. I remember the first time a girl broke up with me. (laughs) Yes, it was the end of the world. I was only eight, but still, you know, it's a big deal to an eight-year-old. And that's perspective, perspective. And I also... uh, Remember stories about my own, our own kids, and particularly I want to tell you a story about my youngest son, Jacob, who's one of those few Chelsea supporters, by the way, at Icon Church. My son, Jacob, we were due to go on holiday a number of years ago. It was actually 2007. We were going on holiday to Spain. I'll just pause there for a moment. We were due to go on holiday to Spain. <laughs> oh, when those days are back. And uh, just a couple of weeks before we were due to travel to Spain, our son Jacob fell from a a climbing frame and and broke his wrist, which was pretty tragic with two weeks to go to go into Spain. And we had to go to the hospital and have a a pot, you know, plaster put on his his arm. And, um, you know, I'd say fortunately, I was going to say, we weren't flying to Spain that year. But actually, maybe unfortunately, we were actually going on a coach to Spain. I don't know if anybody's ever done that. We were traveling down to Spain on a coach, which was interesting. But you know, uh, one of the things with having a pot on your arm, if you want to go swimming in the sea or the swimming pool, you know, that's going to be difficult. You know, you're not meant to get it wet, you know, uh, and obviously if you do get it wet, often you have to get it replaced, those that remember having to do that. But we were able to purchase something for Jacob that was going to help him swim in the sea and in the swimming pool. And it was this lovely thing that he had to put over his pot. It was made of rubber. It was to protect him from the, from the water, and, uh, which was a great, a great thing to have, you know, for a, a seven-year-old boy who wants to go swimming, that protection. And I just remember one morning, it was working so well during that holiday, but on one particular occasion, we were down by the swimming pool, and uh, we were sat relaxing at the side of the swimming pool, the sun beating down, drink at the side, and... You know, sorry about that, I'm just uh, taking you all to Spain for a moment. But I just remember Jacob suddenly running and jumping into the swimming pool. And then suddenly the tranquility was broken by Jacob shouting, 
with his arm in the air, Dad, Dad, my pot dad, my pot dad. And he'd forgotten to put his protection on, you know, and that poor, my poor son was absolutely in a state of fear and panic, you know, hoping he wasn't going to get that wet. And I just remember standing on the side of the pool saying, Jacob, look at me, look up. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. You know, and, and God is like that with us sometimes. We can be crying out to God in, in that perspective of seeing something, not from God's point of view, but from our panic and our, our stress. And, you know, I was able to reassure Jacob that everything's going to be okay. And I think God wants to say to us today, look up. Look at me. I've got this. I've got you. Everything's going to be fine. How many times do we lose perspective? How many times are we battling to regain perspective? I heard it said recently, and I think it's pretty accurate, life is simply a matter of perspective. Life is simply a matter of perspective. The difference between the grouchy me and the faith-filled me, those that know me might know a grouchy me, certainly a faith-filled me, or the emotionally unstable me, not me very often, but anyway, or, or the consistent me, the difference between those things is often simply perspective. It's perspective. Perspective is the ability to put things in their proper place. And I think God wants us to do that, to put things in their proper place. What happens in life is things that are not as big as they should be become so apparent, so dominant in our lives. We get fixated on them. They determine our emotions. You know, they can even determine our view of God. They can even determine our view of God. We magnify the wrong things, don't we? How often do we do that? Think about the world today. Think about life today. You know, the ability to hear, you know, and see 24-hour news, constantly hearing about crisis or tragedy, uh, tragic events, you know, one after the other from across the world. And we see it on our TVs, on our social media. You know, what becomes the dominant view in our lives? What is becoming the dominant view in our lives. So at times we struggle to put things into perspective. I love this. Someone said this, perspective is knowing that there is a God and you're not him. (laughs) Perspective is knowing that there's a God and you're not him. You're not the Messiah. You're not the savior of your life. There is one who is. His name is Jesus. And the government is on his shoulders His yoke is easy. His burden is light. Come to him. All you are weary and you will find rest for your soul. That's Jesus. He wants you to know him in your life, to get a perspective from what he sees. Look up. Look to Jesus. So true. But how do we regain perspective in a crazy world? A couple of verses for you from Colossians chapter 3. Verses 1 and 2, it says this. This is Paul writing. He says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things, where? Above, where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Message puts it like this. Look up. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. I love that. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. See things 
from his perspective. Look up. What is Jesus doing? You know, see what he sees. That's my prayer today for you in the room, for you online. See what Jesus sees for your life today. He's got a great view. See it from his perspective. And so often we have a, such a narrow view on what's going on in our lives. When we focus on the negatives until they consume us, we all do that. I do that. Sometimes just get so bogged down on the negative things. And we find that our head is bowed down instead of lifting up our eyes to see God in it all. You know, the Bible says that he is the lifter of our heads. He is the lifter of our heads. So look up. He wants to lift your head today. He wants to lift your head today. I think perspective helps us to handle those difficult times in our lives. When we have God's perspective in life, we realize that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. In all things, God works for the good of those who love him. And I want to ask you a question today. What are you magnifying? What are you magnifying? You know, when we magnify an object, we're not actually making it physically bigger. It's just what we see. It's our perception of something. You know, an example, obviously, is a magnifying glass, you know, that makes things look, appear larger than they are in reality. You know that we have a habit of doing that, of magnifying even those non-physical things in our lives, those situations in our lives. We make them bigger than what they really are. I know that I do. And if we focus too much on on the things that we know will distract us and and weigh us down, those issues can become so large that they consume us, they consume our lives. However, if we focus on Jesus and magnify him, we will be consumed by his love and his grace. I really believe that. That's why we sang today, Christ be magnified. We want him to be magnified in our lives, to consume our lives with his love and grace. And it's time for us to, to, I think, to magnify the great things in our life. Magnify those good things that God is doing. Let us focus on the amazing things that God has done for us. You know, I've been guilty over these last year, this last year or so to be focusing on the negative things, you know, and, and we lose sight of what, that God is at work, that God is still doing incredible things in people's lives, that we don't get bogged down in those things that we know will distract us from what God wants to do in our lives, but to focus on him, to magnify him, to realize that God wants to do something in your world today. Let's magnify the good things. Think about how much Jesus loves you. And what he has done for you. Meditate on the goals, the promises, the dreams he has given you. Magnify his words, his words. So today I want to encourage you to keep the right perspective. When we magnify Jesus in every area of our lives, we embrace that victory that he has in store for us. That God is going to see us through this. God has got a victory at the other side of this. He's going to bring us through this. I believe we will start seeing what God sees. You know, knowing what God knows and hearing what God hears. So look up. Look up. Let Jesus be magnified. Let Jesus be glorified in your life today. I want us to look at this morning to a moment in John the Baptist's life. And actually, it was towards the end of his life. And you can turn to Luke chapter 7. It's the first, it's a number of verses in Luke 7, which we'll turn to in a moment. You know, when we're facing those tough seasons in our lives, you only have to, as I say, look back at this last year or so. 
And it's easy to, to zoom in into all the, the negative stuff, to focus on those things. And we can lose sight of, of the big picture that, of what God is doing. Suddenly, we, you know, we aren't looking at the things with the peace which comes with having Jesus in our lives. It doesn't necessarily, necessarily mean that we're trying to do something wrong. It doesn't mean that we've turned our backs on God. It might just mean that we're distracted, you know, and the problems uh, of life seem so big all of a sudden. And I think we all hit that once in a while. Maybe you're going through something right now, you know, some crisis in your life and a problem that you want to see resolved and perhaps it's not happening as quick as you want it to happen. We're all like that, aren't we? We want to get to the end as soon as we possibly can. I just want you to see God in it, that God's still with you that God is still for you, that he wants to work with you through that situation. I just want to read some verses, like I said, about John the Baptist in Luke chapter 7, and it's verses 17 to 22. Let's read that together. It says this, This news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding country. John's disciples told him about all these things. Calling two of them, he sent them to the Lord to ask, Are you the one? Who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? When the men came to Jesus, they said, John the Baptist sent us to ask you, are you the one who is to come? Or should we expect someone else? At that very time, Jesus cured many who had diseases, sicknesses, and evil spirits, and gave sight to many who were blind. So he replied to the messengers, go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. Go back to John, what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. I love this story. John is in prison at this moment. And, you know, when I read these verses, I began to wonder that maybe John had hit a low point in his life and he'd sent his disciples to ask Jesus whether he really was the Messiah or not. And before John had ended up in prison, we read about this and heard about this a number of weeks ago, that John was preaching and proclaiming the good news about the coming of the kingdom of God and of the one, the Messiah, who was coming. And while he was baptizing people on the banks of the Jordan, Jesus came to him. And John watched the Holy Spirit descend on him like a dove, revealing that Jesus was the Messiah. And then John preached the good news to those around him, proclaiming that Jesus was the Son of God. Where there once was clarity with John, you know, I wonder had doubt crept in because of his circumstances, because of his situation you know, and when physical troubles in life come to us, you know, our faith can waver. You know, other things do claim our attention. We know that. And even after seeing the fulfillment of prophecies in Jesus, when John found himself in prison, everything may have begun to feel uncertain. Maybe doubt had crept in. And whether there was doubt or whether his faith was shaken, I love Jesus' response to John. I just love it. He's so gracious to John. He's so showing love and patience with John. This is what Jesus said. Go back and report to John what you've seen and heard. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. Those who have leprosy are cleansed. The deaf hear. The dead are raised. And the good news is proclaimed to the poor. You know, though we do get bogged down with the cares of this world sometimes, there is a simple remedy. 
Take your eyes off your earthly concerns, no matter how big they seem, and turn and look up to Jesus. Look at Jesus. John, Jesus saying, look at me, look up, see me, see what I am doing. And I love that Jesus' response was simply to lift John's eyes from the dungeon around him and to bring his attention back to his Savior. You know, his miracles spoke for themselves. And just like John, Jesus sees us where we are, where you are today, whether you're on a mountaintop, whether you're in a dungeon. He never abandons us. He never leaves us. He is never never changing. He is always faithful. And we just need to remember to look up instead of looking down. We must remember that we can trust in him no matter what is happening, no matter how hopeless things may seem. He has a plan for you, and his plan is perfect. He's got a way through for this, and his plan for you is perfect. So no matter what life may take us through, remember to keep your eyes looking up to Jesus. Remember that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same yesterday, today, and remember remember this, that he loves you, that he is still holding you safely in his hands. Don't let yourself become distracted or bogged down by the cares of this world. Make Jesus your focus. Make him the center of your lives. Look up to him today. It is a matter of perspective. The Apostle Paul put it like this in 2 Corinthians 4, 17 and 18. He said this, For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory. That far outweighs them all. We fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, remember that. What you see today is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. And that's God's plan for your life. It's eternal. And I love that thought. Paul, who faced himself all kinds of challenges, tells us why we should not lose heart. It's not necessarily because the world is getting any better. Instead, it's because God is still at work. God is overseeing everything. He sees the bigger picture in your life today. And I want to encourage you with that. Look up, Colossians 3 says. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. Set things from, see things from his perspective. I love it. And I simply have got three ways we can look up today. Three ways. And I want to take it. Take the, these thoughts this morning from a psalm, Psalm 34. Just like John the Baptist, the writer of this psalm, David finds himself in a predicament. On the run, he's in hiding. And he's needing to look up and set his mind, his sight on heavenly things to get God's perspective on the situation. And I love what David writes in Psalm 34, verses 1 to 3. He says this, I will bless the Lord. At all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. Verse 3, oh magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Three ways that we can look up today. Are you ready? Number one, look up with praise. Look up with praise. Verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You know, as David writes this psalm, he's exhausted, he's distressed, he's been running away from the king of Israel. Saul has been trying to kill him. 
Can you imagine being hunted like that, having no place to lay your head because you're hiding in caves, never knowing who to trust? Yet in the middle of his fearful circumstances, David praises God. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. You know, like there is power in fear, David knows there is power in praise. Let me say that again. Like there is power in fear, we know that. But David knows, and you can know that today, there is power in praise. By choosing to praise God for what he knows to be true of God's character. That's what David's doing. David is overwhelming his doubts and fears with truth. And rather than following his heart, he leads his heart. I love that. Rather than following his heart, he leads his heart. He practices praise with his lips, which leads his heart into a, a posture of praise. Let me encourage you to do that today. Practice praise and lead your heart into a posture of praise. Rather than following your heart, lead your heart. Rather than following your heart, lead your heart. And I believe we cultivate a heart that is sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We cultivate a heart that is sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. We praise God with our mouths, even when our our minds and hearts are wrestling with our circumstances. We walk by faith not by sight. We walk by faith, not by sight. We look up with praise. Let me encourage you, look up with praise today. The second thing is this, look up with confidence. Look up with confidence. Verse 2, my soul shall make its boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. David is not boasting about himself. He's not boasting about past victories. There's humility in his words. I can't do this in my own strength. A healthy soul relies on God and God alone. Let me say that again. A healthy soul relies on God and God alone. My boast is in him. What are we putting our confidence in today? Who are we putting our trust in today? Our confidence is this. Jesus is building his church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Nothing is going to stop him. We're part of that plan that Jesus is right at the center of. And we need to make sure we're where he is. We're with him. Our confidence is the source of our salvation, which is Jesus. Hebrews 4.16 says, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Let us approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You know, we can be confident when we approach God today, that he is for us. He wants the best for us. That's our God. We can be confident in him. We can put our trust in him. So look up with confidence. Look up with confidence. And the third and final thing is this. Look up with a heavenly perspective. Look up with a heavenly perspective. I love this verse, Psalm 34, verse 3. It says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. David knew there was something powerful about praising God. I love the thought that David's encouragement was not just to magnify God, but that we do it together. 
there's unity in praise. You know, there's, when we powerfully come together in praise, there's that sense of unity. We're not just magnifying God on our own, but we're magnifying God together. We're magnifying the right things in our lives, and we're united around that. I'm not making light of this thing that I'm going through right now in my life, but I'm looking up. I'm getting a heavenly perspective. I'm getting God's view on this. That's why we pray your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That This thing that's consuming me, I'm not going to build it up. I'm not making it any bigger than it is. That thing that might be troubling you right now, it has a beginning, but you know what? It also has an end. It has a beginning, but it also has an end. No, I'm not magnifying that. I'm magnifying someone who doesn't have a beginning or an end. I'm magnifying God who doesn't have a beginning or an end. He is Lord. He is King. Let us lift up our eyes to Him. Look up. Magnify Jesus. I do believe it's making Jesus Lord and center of our lives. I'm going to look at this from His viewpoint. His point of view. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. They see things from Jesus' perspective. Jesus also put it like this in Matthew 6.33. He said this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. All these things will be given to you as well. You know what often dominates our perspective? It's all these things. You know, What's often stealing our perspective is, is all these things. And in these, this verse prior to, the verses prior to this, Jesus is saying, don't worry about all these things, what you eat, what you drink, what you wear, even what shoes you're wearing today. Don't worry about that, Jesus is saying. I've got all these things. But we can get caught up in all these things. And God gave us a way to relate to, to all these things, but so often we don't use it because we've got all these things on our minds all these things. We're busy magnifying all these things. And we're, we're, what are all these things that are dominating our minds, that have got us all worked up, causing us to be anxious and fearful? And we go to bed worrying about tomorrow. It's all these things. Jesus is saying this, your relationship to all these things need to be through me. Your relationship to all those things need to be through me. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Jesus is saying this, I've taken care of this. I've got this. I know you need food. I know you need clothing. I know you need to pay your bills. What are we focusing on? What are we magnifying in our lives? Let it be Jesus and his kingdom. Let Christ be magnified. Let him be glorified. What is the kingdom of God? Romans 14, 17 tells us, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. His kingdom is not all about eating and drinking, all these things, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's righteousness. It's Jesus first and center in our lives to focus on what Jesus has done, what he accomplished at the cross that makes us righteousness. It's receiving him as our Savior. It's receiving Him into our lives. And what does that perspective, that right perspective produce? 
it produces joy and peace. Joy and peace. His mercies are new every morning. You know, you wake up to his grace, his forgiveness every morning. Great is his faithfulness. That's a relationship with Jesus today. What are you magnifying today? Look up. Look up. Let Jesus be magnified in your life today. Let him be glorified. Look up. Here is Jesus. These are his words in John 6.35. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. In Jesus, you are blessed. You're not defined by all these things, but by who you are, what you have in Jesus. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Look up. See what Jesus is doing and what he wants to do in your life today. Amen. Why don't we stand? Let me pray. Pray for you in the room. Pray for you online as well. I want to pray a prayer that we might get the right perspective in our lives today, that Jesus might be magnified in your life today. Father, we thank you for Jesus. Thank you for all that he has done for us. Thank you that we can know this amazing relationship with him, that we can know him in our life, that, Father, those things of the world that are temporary, Father, they won't be the big stuff in our lives. They won't be the things that we magnify. But my prayer today is that Jesus be lifted up, that Jesus be magnified, that Jesus be glorified in every person's life, here in the room, those watching online. My prayer is that we will lift up our eyes to him with praise, with confidence, with his perspective, Lord, that we might see things as he sees them, that we might have a a trust and a confidence in him today, Lord. That is my prayer, and I pray it for every person in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Come on, let's worship.